Okay, so numbers are universal language. So, uh, so God is a God of order. He's a God of structure. And numbers are uh, just one of the ways that, that he shows that. And they play numbers play a big role in understanding the Bible, unlocking some truths in the Bible. Uh, we're going to look at the numbers 1 through 10. Then we're going to look at the number 13, or sorry, the number 12, the number 13, and the number 40. So we're not going to look at all the numbers, but uh, there's some other numbers like the number 1,000. Uh, there's some stuff about the number 1,000 in the Bible. Um, there's maybe some other things, um, other numbers that you can find stuff out about in the Bible, but the main ones is going to be 1 through 10, and then 12, 13, and 40. So those are the ones we're going to be looking at. We're going to look at 1 through 5 today, and then hopefully get the rest of them done next next week. So um, look at Genesis chapter 11. So basically I want to tell you guys like what each number represents in the Bible. So it's kind of like the rule of first mention. You know how the, the first time it's mentioned kind of sets the tone for how it's going to be used. Numbers are a little bit the same where, um, you know, it's a general principle. Like the number one uh, is the number of unity. So uh, we'll look at a few verses that kind of demonstrate that. But when you see the number one in the Bible, um, it usually demonstrates unity. And um, I'll show you what we're talking about. Look at Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Okay, so this is after the flood, and they were told to scatter, and they didn't. And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And uh, then the very next verse says, And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, and they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. Okay, so their, their plan is to build the Tower of Babel, right? They're, they're of one language, they're of one speech, they are unified in their plan. And, of course, we know that that's not what God wanted them to do. And so God ultimately comes down and, and you know, confounds the languages and all that. But um, they, were of one, they were of one language and allowed them to be unified in, in their goal or in their objective of what they were trying to reach. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. We're going to spend a lot of time in Genesis today. As you can imagine, it's the first time that things are mentioned most of the time. And uh, so we're going to look at a lot of the first mentions and a lot of uh, just early mentions. So Genesis 2, 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother uh, and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Okay, so... That you know, in a marriage situation, there's there's unity whenever uh, a husband and wife get brought together. Flip over to Ephesians chapter four. It says, verse starting in verse one, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that. Uh, ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Okay, so that 
that passage is, is talking about unity within the body of Christ. Uh, we are one body, right? There, there's one spirit among us. There's one Lord that we're following. There's one faith. There's one baptism. All these ones, the body of Christ is a lot throughout the, um, the uh, church letter books that Paul wrote. Uh, throughout that, right? The, the body of Christ is supposed to be unified. There's, um, in 1 Corinthians it talks about, we're not going to go there, but uh, it talks about you know how there's we are one body, but with many members, and all of us have different jobs to do, but we're all one body, right? Um, so we're supposed to be united in in the mission that we're trying to accomplish, uh, in the things that we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're supposed to be united in those things. So um, the number one is is uh, going to be for unity. We're going to skip some of these verses. I told you we're going to go 27 verses. We are not going to make all 27 verses. So uh, the number two. Anybody know what the number two stands for in the Bible? If one is unity, what do you think two might be? Huh? Separate? Kind of. Division. Number two is the number of division. So, uh, you know, there's 66 books in the Bible, but they're separated into... Two testaments, right? The book, the Bible is divided into uh, two pieces. Turn back to Genesis chapter one. Verse four. It says, And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Okay, so there there is just light, right? And then he separates and he makes light and dark. Okay? So he's, he's dividing. The Bible even uses the word divided. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 16. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Okay, so he makes this greater light and the lesser light. Um... Genesis chapter 10, verse 25. This is right before uh, the Tower of Babel that we just read about. This is kind of a list of all these uh, children of, of um, Noah, or the descendants of Noah. Verse 25 says, And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days was the earth divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. All right, so this one guy has two sons, and he names one of them uh, Peleg, which is uh, the earth divided, is what his name means. Um, man, uh, go to Genesis 25, verse 23. I want to hit so many of these verses, but I'm going to have to kind of blow through them quick. Uh, Genesis 25:23 says, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. Okay, so this is talking about Jacob and Esau. And uh, there's these two brothers, but they're gonna be, there's going to be division, right? These boys haven't even been born yet. And there's going to be division uh, between them. These boys are constantly fighting. Uh, they're constantly kind of at each other's throats uh, for a lot of their life. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is a well-known verse to you guys, hopefully. Hebrews 4.12 
For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any... Yes, Brendan. Two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, it's a two-edged sword, and what does it do? It divides, right? It cuts through, uh, you know, all the junk in our life, and it and it divides, uh, you know, truth from from lies. It divides, uh, you know, through it cuts through our heart. It's a two-edged sword. All right, number three. Anybody know what number three stands for? Or not stands for, but represents? It's a little bit more difficult. It's a little more abstract of a thought. Uh, whole or structure, I think? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, God is a God of order and a God of structure. So think about all the things that are that are built on like a structure of threes. So we have time, right? How is time divided? There's three elements of time. There's the past, the present, and the future, right? Think about uh, space. How is space divided? It's height, width, and depth, or depth, yeah. Uh, you know, that's how we measure, you know, anything having to do with space. Matter, there's three states of matter. What are the three states of matter? Yeah, solid, liquid, and gas. I don't know about plasma. I don't know what all that's about. Uh, man, we have three parts. What are the three parts of man? Head, body, and legs. No, I'm just joking. Head, body, and legs. <laughs> what are the three parts of man? Soul, spirit, and flesh. Yeah, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, there's three. Yeah, three parts of man: body, soul, and spirit. God is three parts: God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's lots of them. We could talk about. Uh, there's lists of threes. The way that I mean, an atom is put together with a proton, and a neutron, and an electron. Um, that's about the depth of my knowledge on atoms. So I'm not going to go any further on that, but. Uh, you can look at lots of things in, in just in creation, how God has put together um, the the earth. I mean, there, we have our atmosphere, there's outer space, and then there's like the third heaven, right? There's there's all these different uh, threes that the Bible is built on. Um, not the Bible is built on, that creation was built on. Uh, turn to Genesis chapter 9. When you get, so one of the things to like think about, or the, one of the ways that numbers might help you as you're um, reading or studying. So when you come across a number, like it generally means these things that I'm that we're talking about. But also, I mean, sometimes like we're, we'll get to it. But verse or the number thirteen is what in the Bible? What is the number thirteen? Anybody know? Somebody knows what thirteen is. Thirteen is the number of rebellion. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. So, have you actually heard of it? Okay. So, thirteen is the number of rebellion. So, uh, a lot of times when you get to verse thirteen in a chapter, not always, but a lot of times verse thirteen, there's some kind of a rebellious situation happening in the thirteenth verse of a chapter, or the thirteenth chapter of a book. Uh, that kind of stuff happens a lot. And so, 
you know, just as you're reading, as you're seeing these numbers come up, I'm not saying that every single verse one of a chapter is dealing with unity. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but it kind of, you know, it might kind of help give you an idea of, of what's happening if you kind of think about, you know, what, uh, what numbers are, are being talked about, uh, in different passages. So, uh, Genesis chapter nine, verse 19. It says, uh, these are the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. All right, so we all know, we ultimately we all came from Adam and Eve, right? But at a certain point, everyone died, and then we all came from these three sons of, of Noah, right? So the whole earth was overspread from these three boys, okay? Um, so again, just the way God uses threes in the Bible. First John chapter uh, 2. This is more, a little bit more applicable maybe to us. First John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Okay, all sin fits into these three categories. Okay, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 16. First uh, John, or not First John, sorry, First Corinthians, chapter ten, verse thirty-two says, "Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the Church of God." Okay, there's three different people groups. We've talked about this uh, other times in the past, but there's Jews, there's Gentiles, and there's the Church. Right, so I mean, everything breaks down really into Jews and Gentiles. But the, when you're a Christian, you're a new creature in Christ. Yes. Yes, ten thirty-two. You. you got it. Um, yeah, so all of humanity fits into one of these three categories. By, by you know, just by birth, we're into these two categories of Jew or Gentile. Uh, but by our second birth, we're where there's a third category um, for for Christians. Okay, so the number four. This one's kind of maybe the most fuzzy one of of uh, the numbers that we're going to talk about. And by fuzzy, I mean like it's not maybe as defined or um, not as definitive. Like you, can, I mean, there's no doubt that the number one is unity in the Bible. Always, Every, you know, when something is one, when it is unified into one thing, uh, there's unity. Okay, the, the number two is definitely division. Okay, that's always uh, dealing with division. Uh, but the number four is like a little bit, a little bit less um, definitive or a little bit more ambiguous. There's there's some you know some things that point to the, it being about Earth and creation, uh, but it's maybe not as like hard line of a stance. Maybe is what what the other ones are. Turn to Revelation chapter seven. Yeah, we're going to be going back. Don't worry. We've already read like seven or eight verses in Genesis. He doesn't like to through the entire Bible. Well, I told you guys. We had, I said 27 verses. We're going to run out of time, so we're not going to get all 27. Revelation 7, verse 1. It says, And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the winds should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. All right, so the four corners of the earth, um, you know, that's kind of commonly talked about. 
uh, like the four directions, right? North, east, south, and west. Um, the, you know, so so there are some things that point to four being dealing with the earth or dealing with creation. Uh, if you go back to Genesis, Brendan, chapter two, uh, dealing with the Garden of Eden specifically. Genesis chapter 2, verse uh, 10 through 14. Verse 10 says, And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison. Uh, that is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. There is Bedellium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. The name of the third river is Hittichel. That is it which goeth toward the river, or the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. All right, so these, there's these four rivers, right, that are uh, coming out of the Garden of Eden. And so uh, there's some other things, uh, like the first four days of, of creation of the earth. Um, that's the establishment of the earth itself. And all of the material uh, creation. So, like, what what day was man created on? Anybody know what day man was created on? The sixth day. Okay, but where, how was man created? Out of the what? Out of the dust of the earth. Okay, so the dust was already there, right? There. God formed the earth, uh, you know, in the first four days. Uh, same thing with the animals. But so the materials, you know, needed to create or to to complete the creation were created within the first four days. That's what I mean by, like, it's kind of a little bit less definitive. Like, that's kind of maybe a stretch to get to the number four being earth and creation. You know, just the fact that the first four days was, uh, you know, everything being constructed. And then after the first four days came the creation of life. Um, but there's probably a lot more things that you could say about the number four. Um, but, again, it's kind of the least definitive of the group. So uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, the number five. Anybody know what five is? This is kind of where we get into the more maybe commonly known ones. Anybody know five? It has two meanings. Nobody knows five? Man, why are we doing this study then? Number five is the number of death and it's the number of grace, which are kind of almost opposite things, but uh, there's a lot of evidence for both. Uh, we could really spend probably two whole classes just talking about um, the number five in the Bible because this one is um, is very solid. So turn to Genesis chapter five. So like I said, the, the chapters and even the verses within the chapters a lot of times uh, can kind of, again, it's not like a hard and fast rule, but this is Genesis. It's chapter five and it's verse five. And it says, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Okay, this is the first death in the Bible, other than the murder of, of Abel by Cain. This is the first natural death in the entire Bible. Um, and so, and it's in Genesis chapter 5, verse 5. Okay, uh, flip over to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Anybody know what happens in 1 Samuel 17? Someone does die. David slays Goliath. Good job using your top of your page of your Bible. Uh, yeah, verse 40. So yeah, this is the story of David and Goliath. 
Verse 40, uh, it says, And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a, in a shepherd's bag, uh, which he had, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So he takes five smooth stones, and there's been speculation that David had, or not David, Goliath, there was five brothers. Da- Goliath was one of the five. So people have said maybe he's taking the other four for his other four brothers so he can get, go kill them as well. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, it is true that he had five, or there were five siblings. But, um, but yeah, this is maybe like, maybe the most famous death other than Jesus in the whole Bible is David and Goliath, right? Even people who don't know anything about the Bible know the story of David and Goliath, or at least uh, have heard of it. And it's dealing with uh, the, the, these five stones that David got, uh, and he goes and kills Goliath. Um, another interesting thing about uh, the number five, turn back to Genesis chapter 2. So the word rib is in the Bible five times. And um, there's a lot of significance to the rib in the Bible. And uh, that's why they're the best kind of meat you can smoke is ribs. I don't know if they're the best or not, but I like them. Uh, but Genesis, the word rib is only in the Bible five times. Yeah, it's surprising, but it's only five times. Look it up. Uh, but the first time is Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. And we'll start in verse 21. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Okay, so uh, God causes this deep sleep on Adam. And if you do a study on sleep in the Bible, uh, most often it's talking about death, not actually like just going to sleep at night. Um, and so, so Adam was put into this deep sleep and likely he was, you know, God put him to, like, to death. Um, and he took this rib out and created Eve from this rib. Uh, go to Second Samuel chapter two. All five of these mentions of rib, by the way, are dealing with death. So Second Samuel two verse twenty three says, "Howbeit he refused to turn aside, wherefore Abner, uh, with the hinder end of the spear, smote him under the fifth rib." Okay, so that's mention of a rib and the number five, which is the number of death. Okay, that the spear came out behind him and he fell down there and died in the same place. And it came to pass that as many as came to the place where uh, Asahel fell down and died, uh, stood still. So the number, uh, it's the fifth rib, which I don't know a lot about anatomy. Brendan maybe can give us pointers, but under, like, under the fifth rib is where your heart is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you can. I mean, I think there's Bible, which we're looking at all these verses on ribs. Uh, I think there's probably back. You could back that up. I think. Um, and then, so Jesus was pierced on the cross. Remember, he was pierced through with the spear uh, under his rib, and water came flowing out. It doesn't say that it's the fifth rib, but based on all these other mentions of rib, it's likely that it was, he was pierced through the heart. Um, under that fifth rib. Second uh, Samuel chapter 3, verse 27. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Asahel his brother. 
Okay, so the, the one we just read about in chapter 2, uh, the guy who did the killing now gets killed the same way um, as revenge for what had happened, what he did uh, to this guy's brother. Second uh, Samuel 4, verse 6. And they came uh, thither into the midst of the house as though they would have fetched wheat, and they smote him under the fifth rib. And Rechab and Banana, his brother, escaped. That's yeah. Banana? Bana? I don't know. Uh, Alright, and then the last one is Second Samuel chapter 20, verse 10. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand, so he smote him therewith in the fifth rib and shed out his bowels to the ground and struck him not again, and he died. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, pursued after Sheba, the son of Bichri. So all these mentions of the word rib that's in there five times, uh, most of them deal with the fifth rib. The one that doesn't is the one of Adam's rib, which uh, you know lends itself to the speculation that Maybe it was the fifth rib that was removed. Um, so all these all these mentions uh, mention the fifth rib, and they they deal with uh, death. Uh, think about when Jesus was crucified. How many holes did Jesus have in his body from the crucifixion? That's the number we're talking about. Five. Yeah, he had one in each hand, right? One in each foot. Likely his feet were kind of crossed. Uh, but one in each foot, and then the one that they stabbed, uh, you know, to make sure he was dead and where the water came out in his rib. Uh, so Jesus had five piercings in his body uh, from his crucifixion. Uh, turn to Isaiah chapter 14. This is a fairly famous passage as well, dealing with uh, Lucifer. So this is pre um, his fall from heaven. But uh, chapter, uh, Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, start in verse 12. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Uh, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, so listen, there's five I wills here. So I will ascend into heaven, that's one. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, that's two. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, that's three. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, that's four. I will be like the Most High. Okay, so he, so Lucifer has these five I will statements uh, that that uh, you know that he's trying to uh, become like God. And if you go to Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight, so just Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, a couple books over from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter twenty-eight, uh, starting in verse sixteen, God's got his own uh, five I wills that he lists. Uh, so it says, but uh, by the multitude of the merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries uh, by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy, trans, or of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Okay, so Lucifer, you know, when he falls, that's like 
you know, this this split up in heaven. This is God listing out uh, his five, his own five I wills. Um, you know, back toward back to Lucifer. Turn to uh, Leviticus chapter one. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Twenty-eight, verse sixteen through eighteen. All right. So uh, there's five different animals that were used or that were acceptable sacrifices, uh, depending on the situation. There were five different animals that the uh, Israelites could use. So Leviticus chapter one, verse five, and he shall kill the bullock before the Lord, and the priests Aaron's sons shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Okay, so the bullock was the first one. Um, verse 10, And if his offering be of the flocks, namely of the sheep or of the goats, for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it a male without blemish. Okay, so sheeps were, sheep were acceptable, not sheeps. Uh, and goats were acceptable. And then if you look at verse um, 14, And if the burnt sacrifice for his offering be of fowls, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves, or of young pigeons. Okay, so those are the five animals. The bullocks, the sheep, the goats, the turtle doves, and uh, the young pigeons. Uh, there's also five different types of burnt offering, which uh, chapter 1 uh, deals with the burnt offering. Chapter 2 of Leviticus deals with the meal offering or the grain offering. That's the same offering, but it's just called two different things. Uh, chapter 3 deals with the peace offering. Chapter 4 is the sin offering. And chapter 5 is the trespass offering. So there's five different types of offerings uh, that they could do um, in uh, in the Old Testament. All of those, obviously, you're dealing with death. You're putting an animal to death in order to atone for the sins of man. What, does that have the five listed out? What were the five? Burnt, meal slash grain, peace, sin, and trespass. All right, two more references, and then we're done. Burnt. And then meal slash grain, that's one. Peace, sin, and trespass. Turn to Acts chapter 5. What book of the New Testament is the book of Acts? The fifth one. And so the fifth book, the fifth chapter, and the fifth verse. Acts 5 5 says. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. Okay, the death of Ananias. This is uh, him and his wife were lying about uh, this land that they sold and this money that they had given. Uh, so they both end up dying in this chapter. But uh, the fifth book, the fifth chapter, and the fifth verse deal with the death of Ananias. And then uh, we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the grace side of things, but look at or not Acts, Romans chapter 5. This whole passage, really, which we're just going to look at a couple of the verses, but this whole passage of or of Romans 5, 15 through, I don't know, through the end of the chapter, really, kind of shows this, this uh, duality of this number 5. So verse 15 says, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one man, or sorry, of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Okay, so one man caused sin to ever, caused death to everybody, right? Because of the sin of Adam, all of us were born into sin. 
okay, I think we know that. Uh, so, death comes from that. that. It says that actually in verse uh, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for the all have sinned. Okay, so, death comes to all of us because of the sin of one man. But, grace comes to all of us because of the sacrifice of one man. Right? Uh, verse 16 says, And not as it was... By one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the free gift of right, or sorry, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. And we, you can keep reading the rest of that, but death was the, death, you know, the number five dealing with death, death was the sentence that we were given at birth, okay? Uh, and because of our own sin. And then grace, right? Grace comes to us because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The grace of God is given to us. Um, it's not something that we earned, but it's something that was given to us by God um, because it was the only way we could, you know, the only way we could get to heaven would be or was by uh, grace because we earned death. And there's some other verses which we didn't get to dealing with grace, but um, the number five, I mean, just throughout the Bible, just anything, anytime you come across the number five, just always think, you know, death and or grace. Sometimes it's both. Um, you know, sometimes it's one or the other, but um, hopefully that helps you. We're five minutes over. Let's pray. Actually, we're only three minutes, two minutes over. Let's pray, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. Dear Father God, thank you for this day. God, I just thank you for um, your word. I thank you, God, for the way that um, it's put together and uh, just these uh, numbers that we can study. God, there's just so many uh, deep things in your word, God, that... Um, God, we just, I mean, it's impossible to, to dig them all out. But God, I just thank you for this study. I pray that, God, it's helpful um, just as we come across numbers in your Bible, God, that uh, you didn't choose those numbers arbitrarily. You didn't um, you didn't do them by chance, God. They're, they're there for a reason. And um, God, I just thank you for the way that uh, you've preserved your word for us so we can have these kinds of studies and, and uh, dive into some of these deeper things. And so, God, I just pray that uh, you'd help give us a good week this week as um, everyone's starting school up, God. I pray that you would just um, help us to have have a good time at, at school, God, and just getting back into the routine of of um, getting up early and doing school and uh, sports and all those different things, God. I pray, God, for some grace for these uh, kids as they get started back in that. And uh, just ask your blessing on this upcoming week. In Jesus' name, amen.